G'day, Greg Murphy here uh, with another episode of The Depot brought to you by my good friends at AutoSense. Uh, and today I'll be talking to Paul Gaynor, who is the General Manager of Logistics Safety Solutions. Uh, we've spoken briefly in other episodes uh, about the chain of responsibility, and Paul is an absolute expert in COR in Australia and uh, has developed um, a product um, called Core Safe. Uh, with Logistics Safety Solutions. And so he is an expert on this and we've decided to pull him in and get a bit more detail around the chain of responsibility, how it's working in Australia and how he sees it being implemented into New Zealand. Hey, thanks Paul for uh, joining us uh, today on The Depot. I know it was a bit short notice as well, so I really appreciate you uh, moving your schedule around to uh, have a chat to us. Um, actually, you've just um, uh, got back to Australia from a recent trip to New Zealand talking about the subjects um, that we're going to discuss today, uh, chain of responsibility. Did you have a good trip? Fantastic trip. It was great to see the trucking industry um, coming together for, in a summit. The, uh, the two associations did a fantastic job and uh, very professional, uh, tackled the right issues. Very impressed. It was, uh, it was a great couple of days for networking and also getting to see what's sort of happening in the industry, um, both from a compliance and uh, emissions regulatory it was it was really good well, we'll come back to uh, what you think about new zealand uh, and where we're at with this uh, later on i just first up though i would uh, be great to so get a little bit of a, a background story about yourself um and how you've ended up uh, where you are well thanks greg well i um I, I guess that my career started um you know in my 20s uh, i was asked to start up a trucking association in australia um, and I was CEO of that for 10 years. It was called initially called National Transport Federation, eventually became that road. Uh, during that time, um, because of some bad, there were a couple of really bad bus and truck accidents uh, in the late 80s. Um, we, we, all the associations got together and we formed the Australian Trucking Association, which is now the peak association in Australia. And I was a sort of... Um, a founding uh, member of that for many years. Um, I also set up the Victorian Livestock Transporters Association, which was interesting because I became a vegetarian during that time. So it was pretty interesting uh, going to <laughs> Livestock Carrier Association meetings uh, as a vegetarian, but uh, they they were very accepting, I must say. They're very, very gracious. Um, and then after, after 10 years of that, I, I became general manager of a trucking company called Bunker Freight Lines. We had about 120 single speed doubles and road trains doing interstate express work in Australia every night. And my job there was to clean up the backyard over a, uh, a few years. And uh, because compliance was becoming real and the owner, Ron Bunker, really uh, understood that, um, you know, the old days of, of saying whatever it takes, get it done, um, had to be replaced by whatever it takes, get it done safely. And that was our mantra. And, and, and we were able to get that company, which, you know, in the toughest of sectors, being the Interstate Express, and we're able to get that to really embrace that safety culture, which was just such a fabulous uh, uh, journey to be on with them. After that, um, after a few years, um, I left that and then uh, basically sat on boards of advice for trucking companies uh, in Australia. And then um, along came chain of responsibility uh, into uh, road transport law in Australia. And I was literally sitting down with one of my trucking uh, company clients and Fosters, which was then Fosters, and they asked what I knew about COR. And being a, a consultant, I said, I know everything about COR. And 
And then uh, they asked if I could help them manage it. So I ran away and found someone who actually knew what they were talking about. And, and we built um, a system which is now called CoreSafe, uh, C-O-R-Safe, um, and my company's logistic safety solutions that I started up in 2008. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you've had a life involved in the supply chain and the transport industry. Um, so many learnings, so much wealth of, of knowledge through that whole uh, period of your life. Um, and on top of everything, uh, Paul, uh, last year you uh, went through a bit of an ownership change with LSS. Um, one, of the, one of the big insurers ended up purchasing you. Yes, indeed. Um, it was uh, a very exciting um, part of our evolution as a business. Uh, National Transport Insurance, which uh, is their leading truck insurer and marine insurer in Australia. They, I think they insure about 25,000 trucking companies in Australia, wow. uh, purchased uh, my business last August. And um, we've known each other for a long time since, the, you know, since I started the Trucking Association. They've got a passion for safety, obviously. Um, one, and, and it was just a, a really nice fit. Um, they have a passion for safety. Um, we're all about trying to make safety um, manageable and they saw fit to purchase me. Um, it's kind of a bit um, daunting to look at the screen now, whereas there used to be about three staff. There's now 10 staff. They've invested heavily, very heavily in the business uh, to take us to that next generation. And it's just a real privilege to be involved with such a great culture. They're a great bunch of people and they really have a passion for this and they're, they're putting their, their weight behind the business. So it's just been amazing. So uh, um, we're working very much on the next generation of the platform, next generation of the services that we provide uh, in-house and in the, via the platform uh, for trucking companies, for customers of trucking companies, a, a real whole supply chain approach. So um, I'm very excited about the next stage. And, Looking forward to being part of that journey with them. Well, you know, excited, but also uh, proud. And I think uh, great to be acknowledged for all the, the, obviously the hard work you've done to create the platform that you have and, and them realising that, um, you know, what you've done, there's no point in going and trying to do it themselves. Um, you know, that it's a, it must be a fantastic feeling to, to see that they've, they looked at it and realised that uh, it, it was worth, um, you know, putting an offer in to buy your business. Yeah, thanks, Greg. I must admit, I was very proud. And, um, you know, we've, we've always had a great team uh, within LSS and to have that acknowledged through the purchase uh, was was really, really quite special. And uh, it's because I uh, respect NTI so much, you know, to have them uh, express an interest and see that through and, and invest so heavily. Yeah, it's, it makes it worthwhile in a lot of ways and knowing it's in good, safe hands. And and that you know the people we work with are now going to be working with a bigger professional forward thinking team um you know it's just a great feeling and um and luckily i can um, i can still be part of that journey so i'm looking forward to that too tell us a little bit then about um uh lls uh, sorry lss logistic safety Solu solutions um, you said you you know someone asked you about COR. You didn't know anything about it. You went off and and um, you know did some research and everything, and then you formed this this company to provide you know the supply chain industry um, with you know with the information and the tools online um, uh, solutions that they need to do it. I mean, um, it must be it must have been an ever evolving too kind of learning process um, putting that together, and 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 it will continue to be. I'm assuming too. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the way uh, chain of responsibility, and, and just to explain, chain of responsibility is a concept that is used in a number of areas of law, um, environmental law, safety law, and, that, and the concept uh, basically spreads responsibility for an activity from the party actually conducting the activity, like a trucking company, to any other party that has a controlling influence over that um, activity, and particularly the customers, in this case, the customers of trucking companies. So in about 2006, the authorities in Australia introduced the concept of COR into road transport law. And it basically means that um, right, the carriers always have the primary um, responsibility for safety, but this means the customers uh, of trucking companies now share responsibility with their trucking companies that they engage um, for the safety and compliance of any trucks operating within that supply chain. So to give you a typical example, um, one of, my, one of my clients in Australia is Nestle. Um, they have about 90 carriers that they engage. They've got about 150 suppliers. If a supplier, if they engage a supplier to introduce uh, to bring raw materials to them, and that supplier engages a carrier to deliver those raw materials, and if the load's not restrained properly when it leaves the supplier site to go to a Nestle site and the load falls off and kills three people, the authorities can now line up the carrier, the supplier, and Nestle and say, you know, ask the question, what did you all do to minimize or eradicate the risk of that occurring? If they can't answer that, they could be implicated in that accident. If they can answer it, it means that there still may be accountabilities, but it won't actually come into their environment because they did everything possible, um, but it still happened. And, and it could have been an act of God or it could be mismanagement at some point in time. But it just means that everyone in the supply chain needs to work together now through COR. Um, and in 2018, the authorities really ramped it up by um, increasing the fines. So for a company now in Australia, the maximum fine is $3 million for an incident. And for individuals, uh, it's gone up from 15000 to 300000 and up to five years jail. So it's a very serious risk uh, within supply chains. It's definitely on the radar of boards of directors of, of any party in a supply chain. Um, and it needs to be managed. And that's the intent of the legislation. And it certainly had that intent. I, I don't think it's had amazing uh, impact on the culture because it's really meant that um, uh, customers of trucking companies now have a risk they need to manage and they need to, they need to work with their supply chain partners to manage those risks. Now, if you could uh, probably just tell us, Paul, um, what aspects of trucking supply chain, you know, uh, uh, COR is contributed to or contributes to it? Yeah, so I think I mentioned before that trucking companies obviously always carry primary responsibility for truck safety, but where what COR does is, uh, is, is calls out specific activities that now have a supply chain focus and a shared responsibility, and that's actual and gross weights, dimensions, uh, load restraint, fatigue management, speeding, and equipment maintenance uh, in Australia and drugs and alcohol as part of the driver fitness for duty. In New Zealand, it's likely to cover the same areas. Plus in New Zealand, you've got operator licensing. So in New Zealand, it's likely to cover the same elements as Australia and perhaps one extra one, which is just um, making sure the whole supply chain is accountable for um, proper operator licensing or the use of uh, licensed operators. So you mentioned um, that uh, the, they increased the fines, obviously, massively 2018. 
what brought that about? What was the um, the impetus for for them to actually look over, obviously, a period of time of, uh, leading up to that, to then go and take such a big step, considering that COR had been, um, you know, had been rolled out into the supply chain industry, you know, uh, over ten years before that. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, the, the idea of COR basically, you know, I think before COR, when there was an incident, people were sort of pointing at each other saying, no, it's the carrier's fault. No, it's the customer's fault. No, it's someone else's fault. And in the end, the authority said, you know what, you're all in this together. Um, you're all at fault, basically, uh, unless you prove that you're not at fault. And that's that's a debate in itself, the way the, the, way the, the, um, the legislation works. But I think there was also, when it was initially introduced, it, it was seen as a road transport problem, not a safety problem. And I think there was a real demark between safety teams and sort of road transport supply teams. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether that was the motive for the 2018 reforms, but what the, what the reforms did was introduce safety language uh, into the legislation, introduce safety um, liabilities, such as you know, primary duties, um, and introduced uh, uh, fines which were aligned to the safety uh, le um, level of fines. So it, it, since 2018, safety teams within businesses have been very engaged because the language... The put them on notice, right? They put them on a bigger notice again, I suppose. It's made it really obvious that this is uh, there, there shouldn't be a demark between safety and supply chain or trucking. Um, it, it is about safety and everyone needs to get engaged. I... I, I... It's interesting too, you know. I think I think this is where Australia, personally, just through my experience, and I lived there for you know eighteen years. If I if I reference, for example, just simple things like um, uh, driving and having your cell phone in your hand, um, I remember getting pulled over. I'm talking, you know, it was like two thousand and nine or something. It was it was a long time ago. Um, 2010, let's say, right? So that's 12, 13, 14 years ago when I was living in Australia, you know, getting pulled up because a, a police officer saw me with my phone in my hand, pulled me over, and it was there was just it was black and white. And I, I you know, I I had it in my hand. And I remember the fine back then being like four hundred dollars yeah. and demerit points on my license. And um here in New Zealand, it, it's it's still pathetic, like we are. I think it went up a year or so ago to maybe $150 or something. I don't, I actually don't even know if there's demerits or not, but, mm. but it's still that, that um, uh, being deterred, you know, I think, I think there it's much stronger in Australia. And I think also then from what you've said about 2018, that, that action to actually just create, you know, the, a, a bit of like, wow, we need to really do something about this because it's, it's becoming now, you know, a, a very serious offence and, and the fines and the you know, possibility of jail time, all that kind of stuff, you know, is is making everyone stand up and take notice. And I think yeah. that's a big difference between what we've got here and, again, with COR still not really – well, it's not, is it? It's not engaged into the transport industry or the supply chain industry anywhere near close to what it is in Australia, is it? No, look, in Australia, it's, it's very upfront. Uh, in the legislation, in the in the um, you know in the legislation in Australia for heavy vehicles, um, it's really obvious. Uh, whereas in New Zealand, you have to search, really have to search to find it, and it's also spread between the Land Transport Act and the um, the Workplace Health and Safety uh, Act in New Zealand. So there's, it's kind of like you know half, a bit of it's here and a bit of it's there. 
Um, one of the great things about um, the conference on the weekend was, you know, definitely there's a real desire by the uh, regulators, uh, the authorities and the industry, uh, being the trucking industry at this stage, to uh, make COR front and centre in, in the Land Transport Act and to then have a scheme to guide parties in supply chains uh, to understand what they need to do to manage COR. So, I mean, one of the one of the things about COR, it, it sounds a bit sort of scary, but a lot of it is already being done in practice. It just needs to be formalised. And, it, you know, what, what it's done, the scheme that we're involved with, uh, that we roll out with our clients, uh, it clarifies the duties that need to be managed. Um, so that's the first thing, because, you know, before that, it was a guess. Yep. And secondly, uh, it provides uh, assistance on how to manage those duties. Um, COR law in Australia is not prescriptive. It's what they call performance-based law. And it, it basically says, look, you'll get these awful penalties if you don't comply, but we'll leave it up to the courts and the regulators to determine on a case-by-case -case basis what it means to comply. So it left a lot of ambiguity uh, initially. And then in 2018, the regulator introduced a, a code of practice, which uh, gave a lot of clarity on what it expected to see, um, you know, in a COR management system. So, um, and, and you know, our system is fully aligned to that regulator's view, as, as are most of the other leading COR systems in Australia. Um, and that's, so it's evolved and, uh, and everyone's learning as we go along. It's, it's similar to safety legislation where, you know, it took a while to sort of crystallise what uh, best practice means, what, what you know, what excellence uh, meant. And there's a clear understanding of safety and that understanding is evolving in, in the COR space. From what you see, from what where we are at here in New Zealand, um, uh, can could your product, LSS, be um, pushed into being utilised quite easily, quickly in, in, in New Zealand? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've already started. We've got, um, we've got a number of clients that are uh, rolling out um, Core Safe in New Zealand. Um, and, and and what it's about is you know, the, our clients in New Zealand are consigners. They're not trucking companies. They're the customers of trucking companies. And they're reaching out to themselves for what they do internally. And they're reaching out to their supply chain partners to say, look, you know, we, we want to apply best. At this stage, it's a best practice approach in New Zealand rather than a necessarily a legislative requirement. But they're, they're basically saying, look, we want to roll this out. It's a best practice, you know, truck safety system. Um, and we want you to get engaged and um, and help us. So so um, that's already started, and and we're learning from that as we go. So we we've written a New Zealand version of our system, and we're now rolling that out. Yeah right. Um, well, so what was when when you know you uh, were made aware of uh, COR when uh, Foster's went and said, hey, you know, you're an expert, um, you know, help us out here. When you went off and started to understand it and learn about it, what? What did you see as the you know the initial impacts on the supply chain industry in Australia? How 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 did they react when when it when it was realised that we really need to get our act together here and start thinking about this? I mean, how much pushback? How much you know sort of um, negativity or you know was there was there much sort of uh, on the initial you know rollout? Uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting actually because the way we started was that we we wrote an audit checklist and Foster's asked us to audit their ten largest carriers and they were I think they were the first COR audits in Australia and we <laughs> said and they were major players they were major trucking companies um, 
and we did the audits and we presented the findings. And I always remember being hauled into the um, corporate office of a trucking company and absolutely being screamed at. Uh, you know, the the the, uh, the inference, inference that we were making them accountable. It was extraordinary, really. Um, and they argued, but they couldn't argue with the results. They just argued with the about the accountability that came from the results. And so, yeah, it was a it was a really interesting initial reaction. But then Foster's, uh, to their credit, really liked it, and they expanded it. And then they asked us to convert a uh, like an Excel spreadsheet uh, uh, audit checklist to an online version so the parties could uh, uh, self-audit before they were externally audited and then we we're asked to uh, write a standard which so we wrote a standard so parties knew what they were going to be audited against and then we we're asked to write an online um, e-learning platform so that we could help them with their the training of their personnel and their supply chain partners to explain what COR was and how to manage it so the system sort of evolved uh from an Excel spreadsheet um, order checklist to a, a pretty complex uh, online system. We've got an e-learning platform. We've got about 14,000 of our clients' personnel doing COR awareness training through our platform. Um, we've got what we call a, a register, which is where carriers can go online and do a self-audit to yeah, confirm right. the degree to which they're managing their duties. And we've got about 4,000 uh, parties doing with self-audit scores in the system. Um, and our clients use those that visibility to, to assess, you know, whether they're, the, the degree to which their supply chain partners are managing their duties. Um, and we built some other online tools to basically help our clients and their supply chain partners manage their key duties. So, um, yeah, it's, we've got about 70 supply chains now in Australia. Um, they're pretty senior brands like um, Mars and Nestle and Treasury Wines and Fonterra and uh, Tip Top Bakeries and those sorts of um, large supply chains. And they're using our system to reach out to uh, their supply chain partners and to their own internal business units, like their, their loading and unloading sites, so that everyone has a clear understanding of what their duties are and how to manage those duties and to get them to confirm the degree to which they're managing those duties. Because obviously um, everyone's in this together and, and everyone wants to see that they're getting to that 100% score. That's the desired outcome. Yeah. Um, how much How much of the, the supply chain in New Zealand then would now already, albeit a long time, a long way behind Australia, would already have a pretty good system in place that is, is doing the job now that's a tricky one i i um i, I think there'd be aware an awareness of cor I, I just think because people are naturally wanting to do the right thing there'd be a lot of good practices uh in the industry a lot of what we do is about formalizing the informal it's about saying look you may think you understand what you need to do but um we can actually give you clarity and we can then assess how you're going against that clarity. So when you get involved with a client, there's always been a, a lot of good work done, but it may be in some areas and there may be some gaping holes. And our job is to make sure there are no gaping holes, that there's a top-down, end-to-end uh, management system for COR and that, every, that there's no ambiguity about the duties. There's no ambiguity about how to manage those duties and that everyone's accountable for confirming that they're doing their part. 
yeah so we, we you shouldn't you know if if tomorrow um you know there was uh you know the legislation was was reinforced and it was we, there was a date put on it that we're going to start to be you know uh controlling regulating um and auditing from this point on to make to to enforce cor at, at a you know a proper operational level it's it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be anything like what it was when it was introduced and announced really in australia i mean we should we've got half a half a clue we just haven't really gone ahead and and put it all into you know a proper practice yeah, I think that's it. And, and I'll go back to the point again, whenever we engage with a new client, there's, you know, we always do uh, what we call a process review up front, which is here is a list of the duties. Tell us how, how you're managing those duties currently. And, and they'll fall into three categories. Either they're fantastic and we just crystallise those, or they might need improvement, or they might need first aid, they might need deep surgery. So, um, and 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 that's and that and from a risk management point of view, having that clarity about what number one, what needs to be managed, and then number two, exploring how that needs to be managed, um, gives everyone some comfort that you know it's not as bad as you might initially think. Um, but those those areas where there are gaps could be the part that you know that brings us all down. So um, that's the beauty of the you know the regulators code in Australia and our ability to apply that code so there's clarity, whereas people are second guessing what needs to be done. Out of, out of a, um, if we try and put a, a score on out of one to 10 um, in Australia, uh, from when you first got introduced to COR to where they are today, um, how do you think the performance is across the board from, you know, from the people that you deal with and, and, and your knowledge in the industry? How do you think Australia is, is, you know, operating in a, you know, in a one, you know, out of 10? Oh, look, I, if I go back to the days, you know, the late, you know, um, when I was at Bunkers in the 90s, um, I would have said that over 50% of the industry was, um, I wouldn't say it was out of control, but it wasn't being well managed. Um, I really believe it's, you know, the introduction of COR has been one of the biggest cultural shifts in supply chain in Australia. It, it What it's done is put um, truck safety front and centre on the, on the radar of every board of directors of every party that operates, uh, that has supply chain involvement in Australia. So there's no, there's no major corporate in Australia that is involved in road transport um, that shouldn't be aware that this is a major risk with, with major fines that needs to be managed. And, and there are so many good people in the industry that just need that corporate um, support to manage it. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, I, I've just been so impressed with, um, you know, the people that we deal with. Uh, everyone wants to maximise safety. Yep. They just need the tools to do it and the budget to do it. And, um, and this has really made it important to do that. So these days, I'm always a great believer in the 20-60-20 rule. There are 20% that are just best practice, um, shiny examples of what this should be like. There are 60% that are getting there. Yep. And there may be 10, 20% that just don't want to engage. They're, they're not interested. They don't. They think it's nonsense. They don't think they should be accountable. Um, you're always going to have the tail. Uh, but in Australia, I think that 80% 
is really leading the charge now. So the dog's wagging the tail. Um, there's always going to be exceptions, but what I see uh, is just a huge amount of effort um, and they just need a bit of guidance. And um, and that's a far cry from the days when um, you used to talk to customers about safety in the 80s and 90s and they would just tell you to shove it. And, um, you know, uh, they really they really didn't have a lot of respect for the trucking yep. um, game and they treated them as servants and they it was a, a race to the bottom for pricing. And a lot of those things have changed. It's a much more respectable industry, if I can put it that way, with respectable people, and um, which which I think is going to help greatly in career uh, enhancement in the industry because you know you can come in there knowing that it's a professional industry rather than the reputation it used to have. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that too because I think that's uh, and that's a discussion. Uh, that we uh, we have a lot, and we've had that quite a bit with um, you know on the other podcast that we've done on the depot as well as is just you know reinforcing, but also you know creating that awareness of of the importance really to just normal everyday, you know people are going about their business, um, you know how important uh, the transport industry, the supply chain network is, and the people that are working in it to to ensure that you you know you turn up wherever you go to buy something off the yeah. shelf, um, you know wondering. Or knowing how it got there and uh, and the the job it took and the process it took to to allow that to happen, I, so I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, the, it, it needs to be respected. It needs to be put on a pedestal, as far as I'm concerned, uh, to to you know to give it the acknowledgement that it deserves. So that, that that's really good. Um, just back to uh, when when um, this started to be implemented in Australia. I mean, can do you know of or recall sort of early on? Uh, in the piece uh, when there might have been some sort of prosecution that was done or someone was was held accountable under the COR legislation, um, you know, and, and then how that, uh, I suppose, affected and, and created the change to maybe a recent possible prosecution that has happened for some kind of breach? Yeah, look, it's a really important point. It's, uh, you know, you, you know, and um, no matter how much goodwill there is uh if there's not stick you know if there's if there's not a consequence then it starts to fall off the uh priority list you know because uh, people will say well there's a risk but it's it's not real and we don't therefore we can put our money to something else yep. so the partnership with regulators and enforcement um and prosecutions is is really important um there's been some uh, there's been some really important prosecutions in Australia, and just to give you an example of a few, um, one of the areas that there's shared responsibility for in supply chains is dimensions, and there was a company in Australia that was engaged to pick up waste from a building site. They engaged a carrier to uh, deliver a tipper to the site. Um, the uh, the the uh, trailer the tipper trailer was loaded too high and when it went off the site into the M5 tunnel, the debris the the um, the, the load uh, hit the ceiling of the tunnel and debris went everywhere and there's photos of uh, footage of this and I'm amazed there were no motorists put at risk uh, but it it caused a shutdown of the M5 tunnel in Sydney which is one of the major tunnels and the authorities went after the um, the party that was engaged, the consigner and the carrier, and they prosecuted them successfully under COR for failing to manage their dimensions duties. So 
it, it not only went after the carrier that that was involved, but it went after the customer that engaged the carrier and they prosecuted both. Wow. And they also had to pay for all the damage on the tunnel, by the way. And uh, in that's dimensions. In load restraint, there was a really important case. Uh, where what, what, when was when? Do you know what when that was? The year that first one with the tunnel, by any chance? Uh, must have been six or seven years. I, I'm I'm guessing. Um, yep. There was one in load restraint that we always use as an example here, where an import in Australia there was an importer of timber. Um, they used to import timber, or they do import timber uh, in containers from overseas. In this case, uh, a container was put on a truck in Melbourne. Um, there was a load of timber in the container, but it wasn't fully loaded and it wasn't properly restrained. So when the truck went around a long bend, the load shifted, the container fell off the truck and landed on a car, killing one occupant and badly injuring the other. And the authorities didn't go after the carrier because it was a sealed container. They went after the importer successfully uh, and prosecuted them under COR for failing to make the overseas supplier aware that they had load restraint duties for uh, bringing containers into Australia. Wow. And failing to check that they were uh, complying with those duties. So this was an importer uh, uh, prosecuted for failing to make their overseas suppliers aware that they had duties in Australia for low restraint. And so all of our clients now um, reach out Perfect to the examples, right? Perfect Sorry. examples. Perfect examples of that, of, yeah, the, the layers and, and that chain. It wasn't, it wasn't the obvious it wasn't the obvious person, which was the truck or the the transport operator. Yeah, that you'd that would normally be the one that would be held account. If if the trucking company had been able to uh, assess the condition of the load within the container, that that in this case, you know, a sealed container, um, the authorities wisely said, well, you know, you didn't have a controlling influence because it was sealed, but the importer did because it engaged the supplier and. You know what was the clarification about the supplier's responsibilities? Uh, so yeah, that was a really important one. And in in mass management, there was a company that was um, engaged by a local council to deliver mulch. They loaded a carrier uh, at their sites, and the the carrier's trucks kept getting caught overloaded on the roads uh, on on the public way bridges. The authorities went back to the loading agent that had been engaged by the by the council. And they found that they were systematically overloading the trucks, um, not necessarily to breach their duties, but just to maximise payload in, yep. in, in basically and in turning a blind eye to their duties. And they fined the, um, the, the, uh, the uh, loading agent $1.2 million for um, uh, ongoing overloading of those trucks. So in the mass management, axle and gross weight space, that was a very important test case. There's another case going on at the moment where a truck rolled over on a pedestrian crossing with a container again because the load in the container shifted and that's being prosecuted at the moment and again coming out of this important case will be more clarification of what the courts expect to see as a, an appropriate way of managing load restraint where you've got a, a container from overseas involved um, so there's a lot of interest in that case wow yeah um Exactly. I mean, but as I say, it highlights, highlights, it's just, yeah, the, where the responsibility might be seem obvious. It is not necessarily <laughs> obvious. So it sounds like the, you know, the prosecutor is doing a very good job of actually highlighting, um, you know, just the uh, the diversity there of, of where, you know, um, the blame can lie, which is um, really interesting. Yeah, hey, I, think, um, 
That's right. I just I think it just shows that um, I, that the COR uh, concept is valid because in these cases there are parties other than the trucking company that are engaged that are involved. They have a controlling influence, hmm. and they haven't um, managed their responsibilities. So they should be implicated um, where they fail to manage the risks involved, and uh, and that's the purpose of COR is to make everyone aware that they have a shared responsibility and they need to exercise that duty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, sort of, I've only started to really uh, understand a little bit more about this uh, only since we've started doing the, um, the podcast and it's, it, it's, it's a really interesting space. I don't know why I'm I sort of, uh, uh, you know, really quite interested in, in, in understanding about it. And it's been amazing uh, listening to you and getting, getting that, um, uh, wider view and also an experienced view, uh, considering where Australia is at at the moment. Um, so, with that in mind, and this is probably a little bit of an opportunity for you there to to um, uh, push LSS a little bit and, and Core Safe as well. But um, just uh, to finish up, um, tips for New Zealand businesses uh, to get more prepared for COR in our country. Well, thank you. I, look, I, I um, the, the key is to understand what needs to be managed and understand how to manage it. Um, and that's what that's the journey we've been on as the legislation has become more mature, uh, mature in Australia. Uh, so is our system. You know, we, um, so you learn as you go along and you evolve and it's a pretty mature system now. Core safe is well accepted. Um, it's used by a number of leading supply chains and 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 their partners in the supply chains. Um, it, it helps them write up the processes they need. It helps them train the personnel. It helps them check on the um, proper management of COR throughout their supply chains. Um, we've built a number of tools with a number of really smart supply chains. So uh, we're very interested to see what's happening in New Zealand. Our clients in Australia that have coverage in New Zealand are wanting to bring best practice into New Zealand. Yep. Uh, we're doing that now through the introduction of our system in New Zealand with uh, three leading supply chains. Um, and look, you know, we, we'd love to help out if any parties need to work out what it is they need to manage and how they need to manage it. It's not as scary as it sounds, but it does require a systematic approach and it gives them real protection. So, um, yeah, look, you know, it's, I know we're one, one of a number, but uh, uh, we'd love to be involved. And with that, if they are, your website is? www.logss.com.au. So it's been a pleasure being involved, Greg. Thank you. It's been a chat. As I said, short notice, we really appreciate it. Very interesting chat. Again, has expanded my understanding and knowledge. So we really appreciate your time. Cheers, Paul. Thank you very much. Cheers. Well, again, thanks to Paul Gaynor for coming on the depot and talking to us about something that is going to become a lot more important in New Zealand in the near future. So make sure you do share this podcast around. And uh, for those like me who who needed to understand a little bit more about chain of responsibility, um, Paul does a great job of explaining that. So hopefully it does assist. Uh, thanks to Autosense for sponsoring uh, this uh, podcast, The Depot. Uh, If you like what you have heard today, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get alerts each time a new episode is released. If you have something you'd like us to talk about or if you'd like to come onto the depot to have a chat with me about something, then get in touch. Just email thedepot at autosense.co.nz. And until next time, be safe out there.